Alan Wake, man, it is it is something special. I am enjoying. I I enjoyed the three hours that I got to play it. The the cool thing is they let us play one half as Saga, and then the other half as Alan, which are the two different protagonists in the game. And it's just there's some incredible stuff that they have put together as far as some of the just technical things that they have built that it's I'm kind of like how how are you doing this because we've talked about some of these different things like with uh, Ratchet and Clank is one of the more recent ones where Insomniac really did something insane with that whole run up to the the shard hit it and boom you're in a different instance of the game Uh, in Alan Wake they take that and it almost feels like it's on another level with the way that they're doing it but they're weaving it really into the fabric of how they're telling the narrative and that's where that's where you're seeing this remedy level of okay wait you're 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 telling me this you're you're changing the way this story is built based on this so it's really cool seeing a, a developer that they've always been one of those that aren't afraid to just chase who they are but it's cool to see them marry that with some different approaches Mm. and the the first section and and it's also cool they're not leaving anybody behind either i know that fun thing is that we're we're 13 years (laughs) since alan wake came out so it's making it's like do we appeal to new gamers do we appeal to the fans of the old game (laughs) because it has been 13 years so it's been 13 years already it released in 2010 Dear Lord. So, and, and you know, you put the remaster out there, but you, you aren't guaranteed that everybody, oh, I'm going to go buy the remaster so that I can play two. You're going to have plenty of people starting off with two. So they've got to fit. They had to figure out the way. How do we, re- how do we cater to the original players while still pushing the medium forward? And these two different playable protagonists is the perfect way to do it. Let me let me explain the way that they're doing that. Uh, Saga, she is an FBI agent who is investigating the. When she first gets there, she's investigating the these mysterious ritual killings that are happening. So, and then it, when we got to the section I'm playing in, she's investigating the cult itself that is behind a lot of this. So, and they're called the Cult of the Tree. Which, if anybody's seen the pic- some of the pictures I shared of the event, the fun thing was is you had these dudes in like these raincoat outfits with deer masks on that were walking around as we played the game, and would come up, <laughs> would come up and just stand next to you and watch you play, and you wouldn't even. I was so engrossed, it's like I'd look, at, <laughs> it'd scare the crap out of it. It was that is that. It's freaky. It is preview event kind of like, I mean, they really went hard on the whole themed thing. So <laughs> I, I wonder that. why they did that. Cause I'm like, ain't nobody going to be coming up in my house with no <laughs> raincoat and deer mask. I hope not, watching man. You play that, that better not arrive with the day one patch. <laughs> <laughs> Lights go out and all of a sudden my door opens, green screen ripped down and <laughs> I'm not playing this anymore. Get out of here. Wow. <laughs> I'm switching. I'm, I'm switching to wild card football gods. <laughs> oh, Colin Kaepernick's here. <laughs> um, but now that I've gone off completely on, on a 
off trail. This is my fault. <laughs> you, uh, you're in, she's investigating this. So when you arrive in this level, it's around the Bright Falls area, which is where the original game was based. And you can tell right off the bat, it's these, this mountainous western, northwestern forests and the dense gray fog that kind of is around everything really rainy so it's it it, that that atmosphere that the original alan wake had it's it's here in saga's story which is cool because it leaves you as somebody like me who played a lot of the original alan wake really enjoyed the original You, you feel right at home in that sense of okay this is familiar i've played this kind of game before so with Saga, you go around with her, and at the beginning, you're just kind of talking to some of the citizens and whatnot, trying to figure out where you need to go next. Um, they don't, when it comes to like where you're supposed to go, they don't hold your hand. Like it, it really is a walk around and talk to people and try to get to that next piece of dialogue that'll kind of push you in the right direction. More or, investigative. Yeah. Which, okay. again, she's an FBI agent. That's kind of makes sense as to how it should be. And you do a lot of that. Now, I wandered around. I'll admit I tried to stick my nose in like every nook and cranny possible because that's just I love exploring these kind of games. And it took you me just a admit you're a nosy guy. It's OK. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's OK. But it took me while I got over to where the these bikers were that I'd been told about outside of town in the direction roughly as to where I was trying to go, had a conversation with them. And then I had certain dialogue choices that popped up with that little, there's a little thing denoting little icon denoting, Hey, this is going to be an important piece. So I was talking with them and I'm like, okay, I have nowhere to go from here after doing those things and look down and it was, the icon had popped up saying, hey, you know, you need to go into the Mind Palace. Now, this is where, and I say Mind Palace, that's actually Sherlock Holmes. It's Mind Place in <laughs> in this. Same, same idea, Take away one different there name. You uh, the In this place, you you load in and one of the, it's it's a very technically, like I, I kind, I'm kind of blown away by what they've done because you are literally loading into it's like this little cabin that you walk around in. It's got your case board. It's got your profiling. Like everything that you do is you're clicking around things in it, which I I believe I may have captured some of it right here. I I'm not remembering specifically to be honest with you. We'll see it. Okay. I'm hoping at least (laughs) that I captured some of it. Um, but when you boot into that little little spot, it's you have to make sure you don't do it in combat, number one, because it is your game is still active underneath this menu. Like and I say menu and what just booted up right here, this profiling section, it's literally like I said, it's like you boot into this cabin and it's another instance of the game running over the top of your game. And it's instant like I, I, I did not have any loading time. It was like, boom, I'm in it. Which okay. to me again is very impressive. It's not just a menu. You you are actively walking around, picking things, doing upgrades, doing these different things. Just a really cool thing. With this, she took the some of the dialogue ideas. You click on those, and she profiles like that 
particular piece of dialogue to the person. So that way you can unlock new bits of dialogue. And like I said, it, it doesn't hold your hand, but it doesn't. I never felt like I was in a spot where I was left alone, if that makes sense. It wasn't like, up, oh, just figure it out yourself. <laughs> it was, we're not going to tell you something's going on here, but there's enough here that you can kind of, it's hinting towards where you should go while not dragging you straight to it. And I, I was very happy about that because too many games don't know the line of here, go do this <laughs> and just figure it out like that. You've got to figure you've got to help your players while not just giving them freebies all the time, if that makes sense. Sure. And I like the way that they did that. Um, learning just these different things of the plot. Apparently the people in this town know you because, and you're guessing that it has something to do with how things are tying together with the dark place and reality <laughs> because there's some overlap that's going on. Uh, I, I will say with the story, there's a lot here that I did not understand. And that was just because I'm playing this out of, I'm playing this game out of sequence <laughs> So I'm there's going to be a lot of threads that I just don't see, but it's still very well told so that I could get to where I need. I knew what kind of was going on to a degree. I just didn't have all the context of what was going on because of playing it out of order. So I, I can't wait to play this in order and have context on it. Um, Once you get through all your profiling and stuff, you get to go through the woods <laughs> And the woods is a very creepy place, as you've seen from some of the gameplay that's already popped up on the screen. You aren't I, I wasn't in any spots in Saga's gameplay where I felt like super overwhelmed with enemies, which is that's kind of how the original Alan Wake was it there. They take quite a few hits. Once you burn the take your flashlight and burn the darkness off of them, that's protecting them. So. That was a that was a lot of fun just figuring that out. Uh, I know you looked over my review for the remastered and I know Anthony and I mentioned how it felt like a 360 game in terms of like the some of the jerky movements and dodging and such that is not present here. They have that is completely cleaned up. Thankfully, <laughs> your, okay. your dodge and everything does not feel odd or anything like that. All the movement feels very good. And I've mentioned this so many times before. Uh, I think I said it actually during the Summer Game Fest preview. I love the sound of the pistol that Saga mm. has. There's just a visceral crack to all of the gunfire. <laughs> that just It just sounds really good to me. And you feel the impact of it when you're shooting. And... Like it, it makes the it makes Remedy be able to do less with more or more with less because there this game isn't based around combat. It's that's not what's driving everything forward. The, what's driving everything forward is the narrative, but the gameplay is still very good, and that's just good <laughs> about the oh, game yeah. because when when it can still be a highlight even though it's not doing a lot, I, I appreciate that. 
trying to remember. I'm looking. This is where we got to Coffee World. It's like this little amusement park <laughs> that was built by the two bikers. And you're supposed to be going to get uh, some keys from here to progress on. And as you can see, you're looking at like these notes and stuff, which is in the bottom left corner. You could see you're actually putting these clues together, which can help lead you to what you need to do next. Again, not hand-holding, but letting you know, hey, there's clues here. You can go to the case board and kind of figure all of this out. <clears throat> and everything here, one of the things I said in, in the video preview that I did is there's a lot going on here, even though it's not like, for instance, like Night City is just a visual feast. When, when you, even when the it game yep. was not working correctly... Yep. Even when the game was not working correctly, it looked fantastic. Like nobody I, I missed can, playing it just because I liked <laughs> going through the world. Yeah, yeah, it, it looks great anyway. This, while while it still looks really good, it's it's there's just it's hard to do a lot with fog and trees when you're walking around a a. This this is one of the more pretty parts in terms of what's all going on when you're just walking in the woods. <laughs> There's, you're not going to get these visual feasts of, oh man, look at this. This is just, but yet they still manage again, like the combat. It feels like this, they're able to do more with less in the sense that you're almost unnerved because there's not a lot around you that's familiar. It's almost that I could get lost out here. <laughs> <laughs> and the only people around are crazy people muttering to themselves <laughs> taken over by a presence <laughs> i was gonna say too the the lighting looked really good off of the flashlight yeah um just that alone you know they got more room to do with that since they don't i imagine don't have to put a whole lot more pol polygonal stuff all yeah. over the place because uh, it's shrouded and whatnot well, and it's nice that like they they did they've not mentioned ray tracing or anything like that. Ray tracing is just super expensive for anybody to use. So that's why we've heard it less and less <laughs> called out since the beginning of the gen when everything was ray tracing. <laughs> yep. Uh and now like I they could have done some incredible things with ray tracing, but I'm glad they didn't because it already looks this good mm -hmm. with what you're using. Uh, there is a lot of, I'm sure you see on the, on here, I'm picking up a lot of stuff as I'm walking around and they do take the resident evil route in terms of your inventory. There's a limited amount of things you can carry at once. You can eventually upgrade your inventory, but it's that box inventory of if I want to carry a bigger thing, like there, I have a shotgun in this. I also found a crossbow. That means I'm going to be able to carry less ammo. I'm going to be able to carry less health items. Because your health, you do not regen health. You have to use health items in order to, to generate back. And in this game, your flashlight does not recharge at all. It You are completely all battery segments. Like there's like five charges per battery when you use it. And that was such a different thing from for me pl from playing the original Alan Wake. I was actually very confused at the very beginning of my first fight. Because I could not figure out why in the heck <laughs> uh, just shining the flashlight on them was not doing anything. And it's because you're having to hit a specific button to 
kind of charred hit them with a really big flash of it and it was it was messing me up quite a bit <laughs> this is uh this one that you're seeing right here where i'm on this kind of fair ride was it's the tilt-a-whirl isn't that what it's the, the called tilt-a-whirl. <laughs> yeah. yeah this was a really rides. interesting fun one because i'm just running around trying to hide behind these different tilt-a-whirls and heal and <laughs> like I was still figuring out the system right here, so I'm like, no, I want to stay behind cover, but I want to heal. <laughs> and then trying to burn the darkness off of this guy, but like he's hiding behind this cup that keeps going up. <laughs> so it was it was very intense, and this fun of just trying to figure it out without getting hit by 500 sickles that he kept throwing at me, because <laughs> Lord knows where he's holding all of those. <laughs> <laughs> it, don't that's ask like questions Resident you don't Evil, want to though. know the answer to yeah that's like Resident Evil though when you'd have to go up to the villagers and they just pull a entire like shovel out from behind and it's like where did that even come from buddy how many Molotovs <laughs> can one person carry you know <laughs> but I'm sure you can tell watching the gameplay and just for all of you out there that don't aren't watching it that they have nailed the atmosphere of this game like everything is just that you you can kind of sense the intensity of everything just watching as saga walks around these areas because it just that you can't see very far in front of you things are dark and obscured uh you, there's a they do a lot with the sound one of the recent things that they done with behind the scenes is talking about the sound of fear and that is just so prevalent in Alan Wake is just you'll hear these things muttering <laughs> as you come around like a, a corner. You'll hear these these dark taken people. <laughs> uh, you'll hear cracks of the forest and just sounds that are just there to make you just uneasy. And then when you combine that with just the <clears throat> there are some fantastic pieces in the music behind everything but a lot of the times it's just this gentle wail <laughs> when you're in these combat situations just that horror uh, it's just in the and it just just like uh, it, it makes you uneasy <laughs> and unsettled you're like i don't know what's going on but i don't feel right and it's just using it if you use the right notes, it's the same reason that metal music is in minor chords. It's made to make you angry. <laughs> and they are they are capturing that sound when they are messing with this. <laughs> I, am, I just I want just, I want yeah. uh, a moment in Alan Wake 2 where, you, you know, it's just kind of quiet. And then all of a sudden it's just like, bah! I like that good metal scream that they do. It's <laughs> just out of nowhere. And you're like, you turn on the radio and that's what you're like, so, oh, frick. I don't remember specifically any moments like in that kind of a sense, like a metal scream or anything. They do have a couple times where it does do the and something like flashes on the screen. Mm. Uh, so it, but it's these intelligent jump scares, like is that? it's a wolf that is also oh, taken over by the dark big presence. cat. <laughs> <laughs> that is a, <laughs> <laughs> that's a 
That's a little more than a wolf. <laughs> it, Dear well, Lord. It's, it's, taken, it's taken by the dark presence. So <laughs> when you say taken, I think destiny. Okay. So, <laughs> yep. It's an alien wolf. <laughs> oh my God. That thing is. I said, you big. just feel, you can tell any, a lot of these combat it's, moments, you yeah. just feel uneasy. It's like, how did you get yeah. there? <laughs> it's hair is all matted and stuff. It's already bloody. Goodness gracious. Yeah. They, they did implement a, a wound system in this so that there's a lot more of, of blood spatter and you seeing the, the spots where you've hit them. So that's, that's a different thing that happened with this comparatively. Totally botched that jump though. Oh, you see how that kept flipping back and forth. That was the menu. That's how fast, that's how fast that loads. It's, it's just incredible to me that you can literally just load right into an instant, a different, another instance of the game pretty much. But yeah, I think that's the thing I have to see for myself because I don't quite. I don't know. I wasn't impressed with the Ratchet and Clank thing like everybody else was. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think I need to see more of that. And that's the thing is, is that's not the like, that's not even how impressive it can be in terms of like with Alan's Alan's use of all of this is is even more impressive. Well, like, David, stop teasing me and tell me about it. <laughs> Well, considering we're just getting to the end of the gameplay with Saga, it's probably the perfect time to jump away. One of the things I do want to mention about Saga that I do love with her is she is. I love her character and she feels more settled than Alan did, like it was very panicky in the original Alan Wake. And she's because she's this FBI agent, she you feel like she can handle things even though there's a lot going on in the background of of just these things that is is kind of freaky and messing with her she still seems like she keeps her cool better <laughs> and, and it's, it's almost that more grounded feeling that she has compared to alan now alan i was gonna say alan was a journalist right or something like yep. that yeah he wasn't gonna he wasn't supposed to, i mean the the guy's finding or was a writer <laughs> he, he, yeah, he's finding all these pages that he wrote that he doesn't remember writing and the stuff is happening as soon as after he finds the page like that would mess with anybody. Yeah, that's trippy. Uh, go back, if you would, on this uh, to where he held up the light lamp. Shouldn't be too terribly far back. I just want to point out, like you saw it a little bit in like the saga gameplay, but like here too, I, I like the fact that it's very dark and rim around you know the overall atmosphere the lights pop like yes. very yeah, much so this right here is another part of the whole technical marvel stuff uh you have a light lamp with alan where you can essentially displace the light you can grab a hold of it uh and it will change the entire area in front of you to help you with getting around so boom immediately (laughs) changed over so that I've got this space on my left to be able to go through. And it really is, you saw right there instantaneous with, uh, and some of it is that they're changing pieces rather than obviously the entire level does not change, but that's just a really cool part. Sometimes you'll have to use that charge in other places. Other times it's, it just doesn't come into play, but I, I think it's really neat what they've done. Uh, the shadows are really, really super creepy, (laughs) 
when you get to this because they are whispering to you and not all of them are attacking you. Some like that one just fade away. So you're worried. You're worried with do I uh, do I waste one of my battery charges to melt them away because they still can possibly hurt me. But there sometimes are a ton of them. Uh, One of the things you'll notice here, this is taking place. Alan is trapped in the dark place. So this is actually resembling his past, which is New York. And it's not a one-for-one recreation of New York or anything, but it is New York, <laughs> it just in a way, in, in, in design. And everything here is just like, it's dark. Like, it is the dark place, but it is, it is like night when you are in here. So it's very different from what we just watched. Saga was like, okay, I'm in, I'm in this like, Alan Wake kind of space where it is creepy and stuff. This is just where they went nuts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With the, this warbly effect that they got going on here. And then especially when he threw that flare, everything looked super saturated for a oh, moment. Dude. Yeah. It, it, it is, is just, <laughs> you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of um, Batman begins that little scarecrow yeah. effect. Yeah. That's what it reminds me. It's very that. Man, it, it it's like feels like a hundred miles an hour at moments. And then this is one of the there are echoes in these different spaces where essentially you line up to these two balls of light and it plays like a cutscene uh, or a, an in-game scene, should I say, since it's not really a, a cutscene. Cause you can still move around in the middle of all of this. You just you know, you choose not to because you want to progress the yeah. story and listen to stuff. Um but it's cool because they have actually married live action with gameplay. Like there is actually moments where you'll have not just cutscenes, but like there are like that right there that you were watching. A lot of that right there was actually live action. It wasn't. It wasn't actually like it's. It was. They they pushed it into the game. Like what you were seeing right there was an actual live action thing that they have done. Like they actually filmed this stuff on sets. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, and, and but they've like intertwined gameplay. It's almost like they took the idea that they had with Quantum Break, but instead of making you stop and watch a TV show, <laughs> they've intertwined it into the gameplay. Okay. This again, <laughs> I kept talking about I keep talking about Technical Marvels. This with the rehearsal space this is one of the more impressive things. You go to this plot board, and since Alan's a writer, he's not figuring these things out. He's rewriting the plot of these areas. Mm. And boom, suddenly it's different. <laughs> and you've got this echo here that you can discover. Like, And there are multiple ways this room can show up, and they're all in an instant that they load. So it's it's like there are multiple instances of this room that are that are there that you can discover as you're doing this. And that's just, to me, is just, it blows my mind that it's mainly the thing that in the past, like, this is not something, even if you could load something fast, is possible. Like, but in this, it's like, it flows compared to what we're used to and how you can tell something. And being able to use this kind of technical wizardry, I keep using the term of, it allows you to build stories this way 
the way that they are doing this. And it's just really cool how they're able to build the stories this way. And you go to essentially the way these areas these happen is are there are scenes. Those are the places you go to. And then you get plot elements, which it just showed up on the bottom left. You click on your scene that you are in and you swap out that. And it changes again. It's about to change again. Boom. Suddenly it's different. And it will open up. It's kind of like that light lamp where it will open up new passageways for you to get through to different new scenes and be able to find other new plot elements. Uh, this right here, it's about to uh, <laughs> suddenly boom. <laughs> that That's the death animation and instantly loads back in. That's how fast it loads <laughs> after you die. <laughs> Uh, yeah. This is this was an intense scene right here because you could jump to here and then I swap out to Haunted and then little thing as he rewrites, boom, I'm all of a sudden in the in the scene. The scene is different. My writer's desk is up there and there's all the chairs are strewn across the floor. Um, it, it is definitely, like I said, the, just so much more like the other saga's part is intense this is just turned way the heck up. <laughs> and, and it's sure. not just the intensity of like, oh, I'm fighting all these things or whatnot. It's just the subject matter is so much more harrowing. Like you're you're trying to discover things that happened in this hotel with these ritual killings and and the mystery behind killings that are in here and whatnot. And I, I can't wait to play this again in context because all of the narrative is just, there's so much that I want to understand behind what's going on. And I, I'm curious after if, as to if we're going to have some, the prestige or inception kind of style stuff. And I'm going to be playing this and get to the last mission. Be like, that's what's been happening this whole time. <laughs> That'd be cool. Because <laughs> there are a lot of what the heck moments. Uh, one of the live action cutscenes, which we were not allowed to show, uh, is just it was that way. It was it was very creepy. And what is going on? Uh, this right here is one of the safe rooms. And I abused the heck out of this at one point because this fight is really hard. So I did the old Resident Evil uh, s pop out of the safe room, kill people, walk back in where they can't come to me. <laughs> yeah. And it. yeah, uh, they did kind of run in a little, uh, they could run in a little bit, but yeah, I was taking full advantage of <laughs> that's their fault. Of that. Exactly. But it's, yeah, it, it was so much fun. So intense with Alan's part. Uh, I, I didn't get to explore the world nearly as much. I did complete this level uh, right before we, we had to quit, but it was one of those things of, man, Alan's back. And this area, I know we talked about the the visuals of Bright Falls not obviously not being as grabby. This area is grabby. Like there's tons of neon signs. You can see just everything going on in, in that that room. Everything is just the, the they're a lot more on the visual feast side of enjoyment like it, it when I first booted up this level which is I believe it's level five I just sat there <laughs> because just the perfect New York that was kind of in front of me the way that they had designed it just looks so good trash strewn everywhere they've done a lot with the assets 
in this game. It looks so good. There's trash everywhere. It, it, it's more in the terms of when I look at all of it, it's just it's right the now. fact that you can put all of this here and make it like there's a word that I'm looking for and I can't think of it, but it's just cool the way that they've made they've built everything so that it has a lot of personality to it. What is the Even best demonstration of is. technical capabilities? Throw <laughs> trash, trash everywhere. <laughs> Every, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this is where I figured out, oh, wait, I have another scene. <laughs> so I ran back. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I want to see what happens here. But there's more. Yeah. And that's, like I said, there's multiple ways that you can come across all of this. It's just so cool. And here are all the dead cultists. <laughs> Because how's God the advertisements? It's, cre- it's creepy. What's that? I said, how are how are the advertisements? The advertisements? Yeah, weren't there little advertisements in in the first one? I know yeah, they took them out. I'm being the, facetious. The, the, that was before the show just happened, <laughs> and all the creepy dead <laughs> cultists are laying around. But that's just it, it's a really cool way to tell your story, is to have it where you're you're rewriting the story to to figure things out and being able to use that those technical the 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 game design behind that to tell your story is just really cool because this right here switches oh look a dead guy <laughs> it but it i feels, can't progress past you <laughs> it feels like they took that mission from titanfall 2 and we're like we're just gonna crank this up to 10 levels and do our yep. own thing. Well, the game director for this, which we have an interview on our on the the page on our site for for him, he actually helped was part of the design for Quantum Break. Like that was actually the first game he worked on for Remedy. So it makes some of these things make sense. Interestingly enough, he was also part of the des- game design team for uh, Cyberpunk. So he's he's got a lot of different experience with some very different style games so he can certainly bring some expertise to this and some different ideas to make things even creepier <laughs> with this little flashlight technique they're using against your enemies that i'm hiding in the room <laughs> no you like sign your flashlight on them it looks like and then like they explode a little so, bit so that's with the charge so in the original alan wake and i, I apologize that i've didn't uh explain this enough but the original alan wake the the only way for you to actually kill your enemies they were protected by the dark presence so you had to shine your flashlight on them to burn the darkness away and only oh, then okay. could you actually kill them so that's so, a consistent mechanic in this yeah, one so too. it's this is okay. it's it's still a mechanic for both saga and alan in this one all right um from what i understand and i i don't know if there are any restrictions with it i i believe at least within the first couple of levels there might be uh but if i'm remembering right you can actually play through every level as either alan or saga like it's it's literally when I say dual protagonist, it is dual protagonist. Like it's yeah. it's different, but it from what I understand, it's different sides of the story. Maybe maybe leading you to a similar place. Just the 
there's the way the dark presence corrupts everything on its side. So you're going to experience it in a different way. So I, I, all I know is like everything is just lining up to be just so good. <laughs> I, I am very excited with this. They, they have kind of created the remedy verse in the sense that, uh, do you remember control? Yeah. Control Anthony. Yeah. I haven't played it yet. But okay. yeah. So it is actually tied into this. Mm. They have tied control to this with the the paranormal stuff that is going on. Mm. So it's very interesting how they're building this universe that is going to be interconnected. And I'm glad that Alan they're linking Alan into it because the ideas that are here are just are just great. And and I love the I love the evolution of their storytelling. Remedy's always been great at telling great stories and the way that they're able to continue to one up themselves, I guess would be the best way to put it. It is just, it makes me so excited to play this, especially knowing that there's full on mechanics that I have not been able to experience like changing protagonists. Well, I guess what's next is either a remedy verse platform fighter or battle royale <laughs> well they do have apparently a i believe there is a control they are working on some form of multiplayer game i, I think that's themed on control don't quote me specifically on that i don't remember everything for that but they are working on a multiplayer game they are working on control 2 and they're also working on max Payne remasters for the mm. first two games oh yeah which yeah. are supposed to be brought up to modern standards is what they've said so very nice i like the sound of that all, all you know they would probably do sam a card lake... game <laughs> that's what they would do all i care is is that sam lake makes the face again for alan or for for max <laughs> sweet but yeah i there's Looks a lot good. i can say i feel like i would just babble about different random things because i i just love the aesthetic i love the thriller survival horror nature of it and, and this is i'm i'm a person that doesn't care as much for like resident evil and a lot of survival horror games because a lot of them are more about just freaking you out whereas this it's and and i don't want to make it sound like i like others these other games are dumb it's that I I love the intelligent horror that they're putting together. It's like they're here. It's not that this is scary. It's that there's a reason that it's scary, and they're delving more as to the the symptom behind the scariness rather than just the, or they're getting to the root of it rather than just the symptom of it. Like I'm why I'm scared of it. <laughs> I played Crash Team Rumble, and I must say, I am vindicated. Everything that I talked about in my YouTube video that everybody hated on and putting thumbs down and said, this is going to be a great game, and I don't care what you got to say, I'm going to buy this anyway because I'm a Crash fan, I am vindicated. There's really not much to this game. It's not that it's a bad game. It's really not. It's not that it's not fun. It's that it's just super repetitive and not very deep. So you could get 
a good little bit of fun out of this game for about two hours, three hours at a time. Maybe if you're playing with some buddies, a little bit longer. But in terms of best with friends, best with friends, absolutely, 100%. And again, it's not that you can't have fun. I've been playing it. I've been mastering it. But again, it's just not something that has a ton of depth to it. Map designs change. They have, I think, eight maps, I believe it is. But you generally treat them all the same way. There's not really too much that happens unless players activate things. There's no like extra traps that you have to you know, get around or deal with unless players activate them. Like you saw me just activate something on that small pad. And so you're ultimately just fighting other Crash Bandicoot characters and trying to collect Wumpa Fruit and then bring the Wumpa Fruit back to your base and collect as much of that as possible and be the winner of the match. And you do that over and over and over again in a way where per level, per match, that dynamic does not get any more interesting. It is literally, let me just go run around, collect some Wampa Fruit. Maybe I can activate some pads that uh, allow me to uh, get more Wampa Fruit at one time. Maybe I'll activate some traps a super that my entire team can have. And that is literally every single match. Um, and it's weird explaining it that way. Cause if you broke down like Dota two in that way, yeah, you just go around and fight people and like activate stuff and go through the jungle, you know, like do stuff like that. Yeah. It, it could be broken down that simply, but we know games like league of legends, Dota two, you know, shoot any, it, Apex Legends, Halo. There's more counterplay that happens. There's more nuance that happens in those games. Where it's this, it's... There's blockers, which they're very good at blocking you from putting your Wampa Fruit in your base or just making it hard for you to do anything. And then there's scores, which they do a better job of collecting Wampa Fruit at one time and being able to put it in the base, but they're weaker. And then... uh I forget what the other role is, but none of those roles really do anything per person. I would say the score and the blocker are probably the most important because they have real difference for the game. Um, But really, everybody can do a very good job at collecting and scoring. So you don't feel the class differences that the game provides. I wouldn't even call them. I wouldn't even. Maybe like they don't. They feel like so. Like Overwatch has you know support tank and all that. Um, none of those are soft roles. They are legit roles, and you got to figure out you know which character of those roles best suits the situation. This while different characters of different roles do different things. None of those things ultimately matter enough to change the outcome of a match. Um, If you got a blocker on your team, that doesn't necessarily give you a bigger advantage over another team that does not 
have a blocker, if that makes sense. So those kind of things ultimately end up not mattering. And so per match, I just find myself, I'm like, I'm just going to focus on getting me some Wumper Fruit. I'm going to run around, get some Wumper Fruit. Maybe maybe some people will challenge me. That's fine. I'll run away, grab some more Wumper Fruit, wait for a moment to for the base to clear, drop my Wumper Fruit. Maybe somebody tries to challenge me. That's so cool. I got a little uh, thing I can drop, a little piranha plant that shoots out things. I forgot what it's called, but I'll just call it a piranha plant for the sake of argument you understand what i'm saying yeah i could drop that shoots a little thing out helps me out and i just keep doing this over and over and over and yes some matches are closer than others this match is actually pretty close but you don't really feel it as you're playing and so where's the counterplay where's the interplay that's what's missing from this game the nuance just isn't deep enough to provide some interesting team dynamics, anything like that. So you just got really a bunch of people running around doing their own thing, having their own mission to accomplish. And it just makes for a very uninteresting game after a period of time. So see, I think some of the issue for that with, for you is, is just the, uh, the playing without other people, like without other teammates. Cause we, I know we have a 45 minute gameplay video where we were like, you could hear all of us calling things out specific, playing specific characters, uh, based on what we were doing, uh, having specific roles and stuff like that. And we were following it and we were getting some good wins out of it. Some of them, some of them we were losing because of the way they were, the other team was playing. Uh, they were, they were actually working against us with the way that their roles were, uh, so let's uh, just, I mean, just my disagreement on it, but that's just my experience of it because I was, I play I, the only times I've played this game has been with other people. Sure. So my experience is going to be much different. Sure. Yeah. And I would agree with that. My, my thoughts on any games designed like this is if it doesn't work with just playing by yourself, it's not really that interesting and you need to figure out a way to make it more interesting in case you do have to play by, I get the game is meant to be played with other people, but so is super smash brothers. And that game works beautifully by itself. So this just really doesn't have smash much brothers. Go- you're not playing in a team dynamic either though. You can play Most in a team dynamic, but my point is it works, right? You, if you play halo by itself, it can work, right? Because there's interplay, there's dynamics, there's things that make you focus on a specific thing in order to make that interplay interesting. Oh, yeah. Whether it's the design of the level, yeah, whether it's the design of the level or, you know, how they almost force you to focus on, you know, the, where the, the power weapons are or anything like that. Um, those kind of things matter. This game is kind of like, there's things around there that could help you, but you don't necessarily have to engage with it. They try to call it out. I'll give it that, but it's not done in such a way where it encourages players. Hey, go, you really should consider doing this thing besides the super that uh, opens up later in the middle of the match. Yeah. Yeah. We were playing for quite a few of these different things. Like 
in, intentionally. So again, again, yeah. the, the, yep. I work for I guess him that's too. why it's called crash team rumble. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It's not crash me want rumble. <laughs> <clears throat> no, but that's how most people play it that way. Yeah. And oh yeah. And that is the you, thing. Yeah. Well, I think a game should be able to do both. Like it should be able to function and flow if you're solo queuing, but then the experience is just multiplied if you're playing with a team. Sure. Like like Team Rumble, I, I enjoyed, you know, with David, I enjoyed the team dynamic. I haven't played since, but it, it's definitely just from the small sample size that we played, it doesn't feel like a game I would really have a good time solo queuing in. It would be like, how lucky did I get with the matchmaking and my teammates? That would determine the fun level that I had. Well, I mean, you could say the same thing with Overwatch as well. Like that, that at this point has become very much like if you're solo queuing, that is just a dead game at this point yep. <laughs> in that way. Um, but again, the way Overwatch, for example, is built, like that game kind of forces teamwork. And if you are not working as a team, you are not going to see what succeed whatsoever. So this is a game where almost kind of in a call of duty sense it's like one person can kind of carry um i definitely had plenty of those matches um you know i'm well i think i'm level nine at this point and i'm playing with people who are like in the 80s and the 100s and the 20s and the you know like all kinds of stuff and i'm sure you had that situation too when you played um and you will find like people just play all kinds of crazy ways like and that's really the biggest thing is like people I don't think people always understand how to play this game <laughs> like it, in that kind of a case. Like, And I think that's part of the design issue. Yeah. Like it's, it's just not made that clear. Yeah. Um, and again, how, how it's not you, like I didn't have any that? fun. Oh yeah. How would you correct that design issue? I'm just, I'm legitimately curious. Like I'm not being sassy in that. I No, I'm I, I understand. How do you think, what do you think is the best way to better engage players at the start? One of my criticisms was, uh, I, I understand this game is not a MOBA, but I felt like when I was, when I originally talked about this, when the beta uh, came around, I was like, they should have taken some, some notes from what uh, MOBAs do. Um, because, Again, the roles are not impactful enough. Yeah. Um, and so make those roles more impactful. How how that's done, um, that I mean the designers would have to figure that out. Um, like right here, what I saw was obviously y'all were really close to winning. So you had and the other team pretty much was like, No, we're just gonna block you. Yeah, and which, had several blockers there, and like that would meant your blocker really needed to do more work to keep them off the point <laughs> yeah but there's literally like two of us are on our point trying to score our last yep. lump of fruit their entire team is over there so it's oh, like yeah. well, where, that's where your entire team yeah your entire team needs to be there to clear them off exactly and i'm like we totally could have cleared them off just delaying it yep Dude, um, what was that deployable that we ran into where you could just stick it on a base and people couldn't. Oh yeah. yeah the, that, that was I'm the, the giant. It's on the left. Yeah. yeah, yeah the one on the left right there. Did you it, have it that kind of problem? Be, I don't know. If, Cause we, I don't that know if they changed it. Pain point for us is we saw that. They, they would take much. that big giant guy and stick him literally right yeah, on top right on of there. the, 
right on the the scoring. And I think like you probably shouldn't be allowed to put him on the scoring thing. That makes less sense because that's like having an entire extra character. Yeah. So to me, that wasn't really. If you can put at least you can put yours on there, but it's like if they're running, if everybody's running that, which is what happened most of the time, you're just chalked. Yeah, but if you see, like, these guys are using the bouncy balls to push us off and the, the little Gaxmolian yep. guard or whatever it's called uh, is not doing enough. And so, yep. like, uh, there are ways around that thing. It's just do the players know and are confident enough to deal with something like that. And so um, the other thing I would say is for most of the games, there's not really a, a clear, like, end game kind of catch up mechanic thing where you can just end the game or, you know, just somebody can come back um, because of a thing. Um, It's just kind of the same game the entire time. Um, And it's a short game, so that's fine. But uh, I think both of those games were like five to seven minutes. So they don't last long, but I do feel like uh, there's just, there's no, tension unless the other team just happens to be close and it's really just a bum rush for the wampa fruit um and i've won games where like we did not get any bonuses we didn't get any bonus upgrades to our wampa stash when we put it in so it's just there's all these elements in there that can help can make your life easier but they don't have a strong enough impact to be like, oh my God, they got the, oh God, frick, we're in trouble. There's not really that. And so I believe if the roles were more defined and more interesting, and if the the bonuses and the traps that you could collect had a greater impact and made you feel like, oh, frick, like we really need to fight over these things, then there's more dynamic interplay that's happening. and you really have to decide, well, shoot, do I collect Wumper Fruit or do I get the little Anka Relics or what What do I do here? That kind of decision-making isn't really there. I don't have to do that. I can go collect Wumper Fruit and pretty much win the game. That's, a, that's how I've won most of the game. I'm just usually the top scorer on the team and we win. And the games we don't, it's because somebody else just wasn't pulling their weight for whatever reason. So it's just like, this isn't a hard game to understand, guys. Just get one for maybe get a bonus here and there, and we'll be fine. So again, it's not like I don't have any fun. I, I I've played it again for hours. He's but, he's just so good at the game that he's bored with it, and he's like, "This needs to innovate." No, I beat I no, beat no. Crash Team Rumble. I am <laughs> I am the Crash Team Rumble. That's that's what it's no absolutely like. no. Um, <laughs> although. Although I, I don't think I've died. I've died one time, I think, in like... I don't know how many matches. A lot of matches. <laughs> However many matches it would take to get to level 11. Uh, that I've only died one time. So I don't know if it's just the, the people I'm playing with and getting matched up with, because I'm still getting matched up with people who are like 80, 75, 50, you know, who've clearly put some time into the game. Um. Yeah, it's just it's the same as it was in the beta. It's really nothing's changed. It's just not that interesting. It's just not that interesting of a game. 
And I wish it was. It really could have been more interesting, but it's not. Past weekend, they had the open beta for the first Descendant, which is a free-to-play looter shooter. It's third person. It's by a company, Nexon, I believe is their name. And Nexon, I believe. <laughs> I believe. Um, I didn't care enough to uh, look into it because I got a little frustrated with my time with it. Um, mm. uh this gameplay that you're seeing is one of it's almost like a I wouldn't even call it like a strike in destiny or anything basically you load in there's this big gigantic goliath looking enemy type they don't really explain it too well they're just like hey there's this big thing you need to go kill it um and so you hop in and it's just a bullet sponge it's the only enemy you really uh, fight besides a couple of like small ads that spawn in but it's just a bullet sponge and uh, at the end of this you'll see the reason why I got pretty frustrated playing the beta and I know it's a beta um, I around level t- 19 20 ish I believe um, I put about five six hours into it I ran into an inventory bug Oh, to gosh. where the You're weapons, <laughs> yeah, oh, I got wrecked. Um, I don't even know what because I was pretty overleveled in this. Um, and so around level 19, I noticed I was like, I'm not picking up any weapons or artifacts um, that drop. And I noticed because I was like, oh, well, maybe I'm just I filled up my inventory space um, and I'll go back to my home your little tower, your, your hub, if you want to call it that. And I'll see if maybe it's in like the postmaster or whatever, you know, you want to call it the mailbox where all your extra (laughs) gear goes. Well, I look and I, you know, I was like, Oh, well, here's all this stuff. And I went to check my inventory. There was nothing in my inventory. So I was like, why is this? Why, why can't I pick anything up? Because you can't re-equip anything. It's you're just kind of stuck with what you got. And so I couldn't, transfer anything from my storage into my inventory and so i and because i was progressing into um, the story and the levels i could i was like i'm not going to go into all these upcoming missions five you know levels under simply because my the game is you know bugging out and not letting me get higher level gear and so i just quit which you can see right here nothing in my inventory uh, I like how you're circling it because you like, I'm going to show this off. I need you oh, guys I, to understand. I was, I, was, I was like, this is, I'm going to sound like a crazy person if I don't like bring proof. Um, and it was really, I don't know if it was just a let's pick on Noah kind of thing, but I checked online. I l- tried to find forums. I checked the patch notes and there was nothing said about this that I could find. There might be that I just mm. missed. Um, but yeah, nothing that I could, uh, nothing I could transfer. Um, but yeah, the first ascendant overall, I will say it feels really good in terms of gameplay. It's a third person shooter. You have some abilities. They aren't really off of a cooldown. You can use them again if you build up a certain meter that's below you. Um, 
the descendants are kind of just different heroes. They each come with their own kit and utilities. Um, the one that I picked, she's very much AOE based. Um, she had ice powers and abilities, which was, um, I really liked it. It was a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, as you can see here, it's all in my inventory and I'm moving it from inventory to storage and it's not there. <laughs> so yeah, it was, it was very frustrating. Um, but other than that, even beforehand, the, the vibes and first impressions that I got off this game were mid at best. Uh, I mean, the game feels good to play it. It's a good shooter. Um, but the loot all feels the same. You have different archetypes of weapons. So you have a um, assault rifle, pulse rifles, hand cannon, stuff like that. They take different ammo, ammo that you pick up off the ground from defeating enemies. But there's no like sub archetypes. So there's no like fast fire rate, low damage ARs or anything like that. It's you get perks that you can equip to the weapons that'll change like fire rate, add elemental damage, stuff like that. But it's universal. So you can kind of make all the weapons different, but they're still the same family of weapons, if that makes sense. Um, so you really, I ended up just going with whatever was the highest damage that I could and going from there. Um, the story, oh man, I can't, I really just, it, it, it's a pet peeve of mine when in the first mission you're sent as an escort, they're like, Hey, there's this relic thing we need to get. You're the soldier of our little organization. We're going to send a runner in there with you. Who's very fast, speedy you can go in there. You'll escort once you get the relic. You'll less, you know, you'll come back with it, but she'll carry it the entire time. And so, the, and this is the very first intro mission. So you go in there, you find the relic, and the person who you're escorting is like, "Cool, we got this. I'm gonna go ahead and run ahead. You take care of these enemies. We'll meet up later on." You're like, "Okay, cool." So you have to defend, you know, hold off the enemies. Well, you reach the part where you're about to escape and you're like, we're, we're supposed to rendezvous here. And you look over and your friend has been taken captive or whatever by what is going to be the game's final boss. Because he looks like Ganondorf bought a Reinhardt outfit off the blizzard store <laughs> and takes the relic and leaves. And so you go up to your friend, you know, and you're like, Hey, it's Okay. You know, we'll, we'll get it back. There's more. We can still stop them. And you get back in every NPC character that you talk to gives you garbage and crap the entire time because you lost the relic and <laughs> grinds my gears when the stuff like that happens. There's um, literally an NPC character that you have to go and do these little like missions for just trashes you the whole time saying, you know, are you going to be able to do this mission? Like, why aren't you doing this fast enough? Are you going to be okay? When <laughs> at the, when you first meet him, you're literally sent to that area to clear out the enemy encampments. There's different ones scattered around because they 
are weak and they can't fight the enemies. But their MP, you know, their head leader is literally trashing. And it's just, it's a pet peeve of mine. Like, I don't <laughs> like that. Um, it's very annoying. I turned the dialogue off because I got tired of hearing him trash talk me while he's literally like, I can't go out there and fight them, but I'm going to pick on you and say you're horrible. <laughs> so, yeah, dialogue, not very fun, inviting, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, it, it just overall, for me, it left a pretty bad taste in my mouth. There's lots of other free to play looter shooters coming out that I think will, you know, or even not even free to play, just looters in general that I think do a lot more things in terms of loot variety and rarity. And also have a more compelling story. Um, It's just very mid. It's forgettable. I I played it. And even after the bug, I was like, it didn't bother me that I wasn't going to play this anymore. You know, like there's, um, there's so many other options out there and there's no PVP that I've seen, Mm. um, which I think would be a very, good thing to add i think it would add some more variety into the gameplay loop because your loop that you'll experience is there's a story mini missions that take like five to seven minutes where it's like hey go to this area defend this radio station and clear out a couple ways of ads and you just do that at different points and then you get a bigger mission that you kill a little bit more ads and then a kind of powerful boss and it's not powerful um it's it's very very um but the abilities were kind of cool um the descendant that i played um like i said had ice powers so one of the things i could do is i could toss like an ice wave that could freeze and then do some damage um then one ability is you it's almost like an ice skating you leave a trail behind you of ice and you run around and you have an increased movement speed um but if any of the enemies touch your that path they get slowed and freeze and they take more damage so you kind of played it a lot like um, call of duty zombies where you're kiting enemies and having the run which was pretty cool um but yeah, it, it's got some cool abilities. The gunplay is smooth. I, I will say that, but it doesn't matter when all the guns feel the same. Like my the ARs felt the same as submachine guns. Like I didn't mm. feel a range drop off that <laughs> you would expect. Um, the hand cannons were all automatic, so it felt just like a submachine gun. <laughs> That's weird. Um, yeah. The there were pulse rifles. Um, or like three round burst um, rifles that are in the same slot as scout rifles. And they felt in terms of damage wise, they felt very much the same. So it's just, and this also very early, you can spec and change up a lot of the way the weapons shoot um, in terms of like recoil damage. You can add elements, but I, I feel like the game would be much better if the guns themselves had a uniqueness to them instead of being like, Hey, let me just throw these different mods onto each weapon. When all the weapons have the same equipable mods, you know, so it's, 
there there's definitely some glaring issues for me that I that I had playing it, but overall, like it's just forgettable. I I'm not gonna remember this game, um, but it, it is free to play, so I'm curious to see what they're gonna add to it in order to like entice players to stick around by the battle pass, you know, or whatever kind of monetization that they do. Um, because without PVP, are you just going to add more of the same stuff? You know, it's, it's just really difficult to see what's going to make this stand out amongst the rest. You know what I mean? That, that seems to track with what Nexon does. Nexon is the one who made uh, well, their Korean developer, number one, and they are popular developer in Korea. But they put out MapleStory, which has seemed to have done well out in the West. But they've also had Cartwrighter, uh, which the one that they've put out over here, Cartwrighter Drift, played at the beginning of the year. It's, again... Very similar to this. It's okay. It's got some. It's got a little bit to it, but it, it's not it's forgettable. That, it's not that things are just bad. Like I said, the game no. plays and feels good. It's just forgettable. Yeah. Like I'm just gonna move on. You know, I'm not gonna be sitting here next week thinking like, oh man, I wish I could play more of the first Descendant beta. You know, like please open it back yeah. up. No, that's how I felt about Cartwrighter Drift. Uh, I mean, it looked good in the trailers and all that. I was like, oh, okay. This, and then it turned out, it's like, oh, it's kind of mid. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's fine. I can't say, like, don't ever play it. That's what the first Ascendant sounds like. It's like, it's fine. You probably won't regret playing it, but yeah, and you're probably not going to play it. Yeah, it's just like, oh, well, you know, well, you pass them along the street and you say, hey, you're like, oh, okay. And then you just move yeah. on. It's very very pleasant very you know <laughs> polite <laughs> they're nice they're a nice person i don't need to talk to them again pretty much yeah, yeah. that 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 tracks with nexon they don't make horrible stuff just not very m- memorable stuff uh, which uh, at least out here except for maple story it, it appears so i remember in uh Late high school and college, Maple Story was like, oh my god, Maple Story. So, I think with First Descendant, they're going more for its shiny and hoping that'll grab people. But, yeah, I mean, visually, it's got cool um, skyboxes and background, but that's about it. Like, there's I think some it's of the. An Unreal 5 game, right? I think so. Like it's smooth. I don't know. I will say the game is smooth. Like the fire. Uh, yeah, it looks smooth. Yeah, it definitely is smooth. But you know, that's you got to give like me a reason to play it. <laughs> you know, sounds like Nexon. Yep, it's a uh, it's Unreal Five. That's what I remember. That's what the main thing I remember about it is they were really advertising that. It was one of the first games that they advertised the whole Unreal Five thing. When you got a game that is mostly marketed on the fact that it's on Unreal Five. I wonder what the actual game's quality is. Yep, exactly. You're using the engine to promote your game. Okay. Sounds disappointing. Let's spin the wheel. I'm looking I'm looking at the Steam database charts and there's five people in game on Redfall right now. 
Nexon, I want five, you to realize five lonely I, souls. I talked about your game Redfall for I talked Steam. about your game for five minutes, and David went to the Steam charts to see who was playing Redfall. <laughs> that says everything. Okay, I think you just happened to see what that was. To be fair, it's a funnier narrative it, though if we say that David went up to see who was playing Redfall instead. I don't of know wanting what you, to hear more about the first descendant. He's like, I, well, yeah, that's. Uh, I didn't like the first ascendant enough to pay attention, so I went to the Steam database. But then he came up with another interesting story, which is the fact that Redfall has only five players out of this. So which is actually more interesting? Is I accidentally close out my tab and it drops to four. You know? Like, oh What's funny God. is it did say six and I refreshed it and it said five. <laughs> And oh I only went to God. look because I saw a random tweet that said seven. <laughs> All right. Well, would you rather have Redfall or the first descendant? Oh, me. Are you talking to me or David? Yeah, this is just an open-ended first, question. First, first descendant. At least it's free. Yeah. There's no money invested. <laughs> nope. I'm going with Nexon's first ascendant. Absolutely. I no. I'm you never can't going beat back that argument. Redfall. You really can't. <laughs> and Noah said it plays smooth. I there's nothing in Redfall <laughs> that I can associate with that term. So nothing. I went the other day and I know we're getting off on a red I went the other day and I was looking through my Steam games and I'm like, wait a second, I have Redfall. How do I have Redfall? <laughs> Apparently Microsoft is going around putting it in people's Steam accounts to get them to play it. I don't know. <laughs> I do not remember how I got Redfall on Steam. I'm just being didn't honest. You, didn't you get the... You were playing on Xbox when we were playing? Because I, I was playing play, on PC. Yeah, I was on Xbox. Oh. <laughs> That's thought, why I'm confused. <laughs> Yours came because, preloaded with Redfall. <laughs> <laughs> they, they wanted everybody to be playing Redfall. I was like, oh, I see you got it on Xbox. Here, we won't just give it to you on Windows Store. You can have it on Steam, too. David That's how to, they got the numbers. Everybody who got a Steam know. Deck, whatever David the numbers are for Steam Deck, out. he tries to uninstall and it just pops back in. <laughs> like just, Bro, it, like two <laughs> two instances. Like every time, every time you uninstall one, another two appear. It's like, like Hydra. <laughs> it's like how it works on Android phones. You can't actually uninstall it. You could just disable it. Yeah. It never really leaves. Yeah, ex- exactly. It starts pushing your mouse cursor away. <laughs> like, no, no, even worse, it starts pushing your mouse cursor towards the icon to start it like (laughs) oh my god (laughs) well i don't know how to segue (laughs) i was trying to think of a way to segue into something about playstation and jim ryan so so moving to the opposite end of the spectrum playstation (laughs) speaking of red fall speaking of fall guess who fell and now has to retire (laughs) you didn't fall which to start like on all of this before we get into the meat and potatoes of it, a I really hope that it's not health related, um, because he like I know that you put out your statements and everything like that, but you always wonder what's behind it, uh, and b like I get where people are like cheering on social media and stuff, and some are just being downright nasty about it, and it's like. Bam, PlayStation's one of the strongest brands in the industry. And yes, have they made mistakes? Sure. But Jim Ryan's a big reason why they have so much market presence. Just saying. He, the man well, did the business side good. Yeah, well, okay. Let's first establish what the news is. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I mainly Ryan, just was hoping that it wasn't a health issue. 
sure. Uh, when it first came out, I think the tweet you sent me, David, was Jim Ryan is stepping down. And I was like, uh-oh, there's smoke. There's fire. They're going to cover it up, but there's fire. And then it turned out Jim Ryan was retiring. I was like, oh, okay, well, I guess <laughs> it's not really as interesting. Yeah, because those are two but, big differences, like big differences yeah. between stepping down and retiring. Because <laughs> like, <laughs> like, the narrative I was rolling with was he stepped down. You step down while PlayStation is at its peak? Nah, something's going down. That's wild. You don't do that. When yep. you were part of being the architect of getting PlayStation to this point, nah, there's 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 some smoke over here. And then it was actually he just retired. So Well, and there's a lot of people who there's are no pushing that. They're like, oh, they they told him they they told him you can either retire or we're gonna like make <laughs> you step down and stuff. I'm like was. One of the things you'll see actually in the uh, in the thing is that they promoted an interim while they're promoting someone else. I'm like, that means this happened suddenly. That does not mean the company just walked with like planned to tell him you have to go. Like that does not t- you you ain't just interim CEO CEOing someone because you plan to fire someone <laughs> wait what is what are people saying they brought in an interim ceo which i know yeah well it was essentially While saying what? that that jim was essentially pretty much that, told we're either gonna fire you or you right, have the that. chance to retire to so that you can save face essentially uh, essentially you, you have the choice either we fire you or, or you retire right got that so yeah. But, what is it, but this it's like interim to me, CEO well, to me, like CEO, what is well, this to me? The whole th- idea of they're looking, they're promoting an interim CEO while they're looking for a new CEO. Like that means that this happened suddenly, whatever happened with this, like People this wasn't dumb. a, yeah, this wasn't just a, we, we planned out firing this guy. Like, yeah, it, it, I've seen, I mean, so, there's okay, so many, so, random, that's why I'm hoping it's not a health thing. Because of the fact of it happened so quickly that they're promoting and they're going to put in a CEO interim in. I'm not trying to defend the stupidity here, but I, yeah. you know, if, if you fire somebody, then yes, you're going to, somebody's going to step in as interim C- C- yeah. CEO. Like that's just how that's going to go because firings can be sudden as well. But yeah. no, like you don't fire somebody when they are, uh, unless they did something super crazy, but this does not seem to be the case. Uh, Jim Ryan says, I've relished the opportunity to have a job I love in a very special company, working with great people and incredible partners, but I found it increasingly difficult to reconcile living in Europe and working in North America. Dude is old. (laughs) So, yes. He's 56. Yeah. Now, old in terms of like flying back and forth, doing all that stuff. Like that does take a toll on you after a while. It's not a short trip between North America and Europe. Let's just be real. Somebody said he would fly for like two weeks. He would be in like the States, then a week in <laughs> Europe and then another week somewhere else. Like that was his month. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot happening. Um, and so, yeah, may, maybe health wise, like that's not good for him. Maybe he's healthy, but in terms of where his health is, doing all that ain't really helping him. So it's probably best he retires. Um, but I mean, I'm going off of what this statement says, because when you are the person who has led Sony to the position that it's at now, you you don't just 
step down. Yeah. And if you do get fired, like we ain't even got this far. <laughs> like yep. it's gonna be this is going to be a pleasant send off. <laughs> we'll fire you, but we're gonna make it look as good as possible. Like that's it's like he's staying until end of like April. <laughs> like you don't yeah. like you don't the, yeah. fire someone and then like, okay, you can run exactly. the next six months. <laughs> yes, you can exactly. finish out the fiscal year, you know? <laughs> like, like you, you gone, but how about you stay a little? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like there is no like passive like subtle hints in that statement that I saw that you could be like, okay, something seems sus here. You know, like people when, can find sus like wherever they Papa, want it when jeff stepped down from overwatch like the the subtleties in that we all knew you know in this there's there seems like there is zero it honestly sounds just like dudes once hey i don't have to work anymore yeah so I'm just, <laughs> yeah. I, I think some stuff like all of this stuff with the uh the activision stuff i think that wore him out to this point you think because so because I mean, there he did go to quite a few different things. Sure. And I think dealing with all of that, I mean, it's just it's not just the he's going to meetings. It's that these were stre- extra stressful meetings, like all of these things that he was having to deal with. I mean, so yeah, I, but I wonder if I wonder if it added to just the load he already had with having to go back and forth everywhere. Like these were a bunch of extra trips. It was a lot of extra stress on his plate, and just. Made it easier, if that makes sense. Um, it could have contributed to it, um, probably in a very small way, but... Or he could have just wanted more family time. I don't yeah. know, you know. It, it's just what um, it seems like. He, isn't, he, is, he, 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 like all of us, wants to play Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Yeah. <laughs> He's, you know what? At the end of the day... Yeah. He's like, Phil Spencer somehow gets time to play games. I don't, and I want time to play games, okay? So I'm going to retire, yeah. Speaking of Phil Spencer, Phil Spencer has the chance to do the funniest thing. Yeah, ever. I was wondering about that tweet that you sent. <laughs> what, what funny <laughs> to, thing to, does he to, have to, to do? To go become the head of PlayStation. <laughs> <laughs> so Sarah Bond is getting promoted. <laughs> Why I'm going to head PlayStation. <laughs> Guess what? I just what tore I up. The, I just tore up the Activision paperwork. We we balling, yo. <laughs> oh my god! Goes and buys goes and buys Ubisoft so that he can have the cloud rights <laughs> to all of the Activision games for PlayStation. Doesn't have it anymore. Oh my god! That was gonna, <laughs> they're having their big meeting to like announce the next. Like, hey, we decided the next. You know. CEO or whatever, and Phil just comes busting out the back like a wrestling, you know, show. <laughs> like like Steve Phil Austin Spencer with like, a chair. Yeah, with the chair. <laughs> Got like a Crash Bandicoot shirt on. Yeah, or, you yeah know, like, he just rips whatever, it open, you know. Last of Us, Joel and Ellie on it. <laughs> what's, uh, what's interesting is there's actually, oh some people have said because they're going with interim, they're wondering if they are looking outside the company at all. Sure. Like, 
that if that's a <laughs> so yeah, there was Phil. somebody in a chat re there's <laughs> there's somebody in a chat recently and I, I like almost lost it. They said Phil Harrison looking to get his way back in <laughs> and I'm like, oh no. If they let that man anywhere near PlayStation, I I will sell my PlayStation 5. <laughs> Both of them. Also we can say, David, you have two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will sell one of my PlayStation 5s. <laughs> Bro, I gotta still play Spider-Man. What you talking about? <laughs> uh, they, no, but, not Phil. Not Phil Harrison. No. Yeah. <laughs> wrong Phil, guys. Wrong Phil. Yeah, you got the wrong. <laughs> and you, I, I would have, I want, I would imagine, I would be like, I, if I were Sony, you'd be like, you know what? Let's just, let's just try to give Phil Spencer a call. Let's just, yeah. let's give him a call. We're top of market, you know. You can bring some of that cloud prowess over to us because we literally over here teamed up with your, and Azure anyway. So literally let's, start your call with, hey, Phil, you ever imagine what it would be to be in first place? Hard sell. Hard sell. That's what you guys are I mean, we've seen these emails. Yeah. Well, okay, so Nintendo, I mean, they had a, their interim CEO. I think it was their... Uh, I forgot what he was before he became actual president. But, yeah, he was interim for a while. And then they were like, no, you're doing a good job. Good. Keep, I thought they still promoted someone else. No, it was the same person they had as interim. They just kept him in the hmm. position. So that's entirely possible, too. Um, it is the only interesting thing with... Uh with this uh, apparently this guy is all about mobile is the future as far as uh his stance so, i mean when you know it'll be very it's not interesting lying. yeah yeah not like lying. the money's there <laughs> I, I get i get that but at the same point when uh playstation is your most profitable division you you don't want to uh kill the golden goose no 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 but when you are a publicly traded company, you, you yeah. do need to look for where is the more money. Yeah. And it's not in PlayStation. It's, it's well, sorry, it's not in the console. It is in, yeah. in mobile. Not saying consoles tapped out for Sony, but it's yeah. Sony ain't letting uh, and the they console. Are growing. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. I'm just saying Sony's not going to let the console stuff go away. Um, so, you know, that, that is making money. You keep that going, but how do you expand it? How do you make it make more money? Mobile's the future. Those are just lying. And and they are growing that, uh, there, I forget what they said. There was a, there's a studio they bought that does mobile that like cleared like a billion or something like that recently. Like that, it not, not while they were there, it's just their overall, but just the fact that Sony invest, it bought them and it has been worth the while, worth their while. Uh, yeah. for a mobile so you know sony has uh, that's one of the reasons you know xbox is trying to get activision blizzard it's the king on the end oh yeah they want to be involved in the mobile space uh it, it is very interesting thinking of just you know who would they bring in somebody said that reggie's not doing anything <laughs> <laughs> get reggie may in <laughs> ooh, i don't know if reggie would want to head I don't think he wants the headache, man. That's the biggest thing. That's a lot extra. Um, Sean Layden ain't coming back. He's been burned. Like he, he, I think he feels burned by the by Sony because I think they pushed him out. 
I don't remember who Sean Layden was. I know the name. What, what he, he was do? their last. He was their last CEO before Jim Ryan. He was really. He was. I don't want to say he was a Phil Spencer, but he was a lot closer to a Phil Spencer like in terms of. He was still the guy who came on stage in a suit, but you could always tell that he really, he was really invested in the players. Oh, this I, guy. I would yeah, love yeah, to I have remember. Him, I would love to have him back just because I love his outlook. Because he's also one of those that said we need smaller games at smaller budgets, and, and I like yeah. that because he's he's saying it takes that. too long yeah, to make a video right. game, and yeah. he said that well after PlayStation. But like, I, I like that idea. Stuff like, for instance, Spider Man Miles Morales. Like that's. It's nice to get those because they're able to be turned over quick. Uh, not only do you get something in the consumer's hands, but it's also not as expensive. Yeah. The problem is that didn't age very well, only because the market yeah. shifted so quickly. Yeah. Um, where it's like, it, it, it's AAA has become all or nothing at this point. Um, yep. Which, Keep, so yeah. it, it is very risky to make anything that's like, ah. Well, and I think not this year hurts, to be honest. And it's because this year has been all blockbuster. So and next AAA, year, yeah. what are what are all of your gamers trained to? Blockbusters. Oh, for sure. Like, so, so you're going to, whoever doesn't have the blockbusters next year are going to hurt. And honestly, Sony's going to hurt next year because they've got some big games, but like, most of their games are not announced right now. <laughs> so I think somebody did the math. 16% of PlayStation Studios has games announced. And that's it. <laughs> so I mean, that was that was better than Microsoft's like 2% <laughs> up until summertime. <laughs> <Yeah>. So <laughs> And then everything got announced. So, but that's, I mean, you know, you, you wonder like who who would they reach into like for instance they've got Herman Holst who's head of PlayStation Studios is he a possibility here like he he's the one who heads up all of their cuz obviously you want to pull somebody else up to head PlayStation Studios you you'd have to go and find that person after that uh, is that a job he wants to be the CEO of yeah. obviously you know I I know most people probably want to but not everybody wants to be the exec <laughs> and make all the decisions. So no. he might be happy where he is. Uh, personally, I would love to see Ted Price get it. Uh, the head That'd of Insomniac because dude's been around for forever. And I mean, Insomniac are one of the best studios in the industry in terms of it comes out, it looks good, it plays good, and it's out the door fast. I mean, there's not a lot of studios who have had the track record that Insomniac does at getting stuff out the door. Yeah, and but it I, being I've, in great states. I, don't I know that's last, not every. I know that's not everything, but I know I don't remember CEO the last time somebody who's heading a development studio becoming head of a console yeah. division. Um, yeah, it'd be it, interesting. It, yeah, I been, do he's think, been around for forever though, so that's part sure, of the yeah. reason I think about him. That helps. Somebody said Yoshida, but uh, yeah, Shuhei, Shuhei, yeah. Shuhei Yoshida, but he's he's too happy in his position going around being talking to indie devs and all that kind of stuff. I don't think he wants the stress. And that is why you stepped away from Sony in the first place. Yeah, <clears throat> um, he's still with Sony. He's just he travels well, for them a lot. Yeah. Well, he was in one position, then he stepped away from yeah, it. Right? They changed his. Yeah, I forget exactly what he did before. And I don't remember if he was in the similar situation to Sean Layden and got 
forced into that, but I doubt it. No, but sure, they did good work. Everybody uh, complained about him, but <clears throat> oh yeah, he was. Uh, yeah, he was president, president of, of SIE Wide Studios. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so he's that's... in Herman Holst's. He was in Herman Holst's position, I guess now. Yeah. Or when when he was there, yeah. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, he stepped away from that. So why would he go? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Into... He he may not want to go even higher. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's he's head of independent developer initiative. So he's literally the one who oh, yeah. goes. That's and... a happy position. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> you do, yeah that's he's a... always he's always happy about that too, and that makes me happy. <laughs> yeah. But I think they, they do need to get somebody who speaks to the, the UK because Wildcard Kojima. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I don't. I don't think they're going to go somebody <laughs> no. in Japan, though. I just. No, he's, I he's not think it's going to be somebody who speaks to the UK. Um, well, in general, that, the West. I guess you could even put it the West. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, yes, Sony is strongest uh, in the UK, strong in the US. Xbox is still strong in the US, though, just weak in the UK. But Nintendo it's, it's just dominates one one, Japan, yeah. so yeah. I wouldn't call it one for one. PlayStation is bigger in U.S. over well, Xbox I'm, still. Well, right now, yeah, it always has been at least. Well, since. Three, the 360 era, it was a lot. Right. Yes. Yeah. But, but PlayStation Four time. and Five. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Xbox is still strongest in the U.S. Um, but Nintendo just dominates Japan. Like Sony doesn't even like try to go for Japan in that way because Nintendo is just so strong in Japan. Like, it's not like they don't care about Japan at all, but they'd rather Which, focus on the West because yeah. Nintendo dominates Japan in a way that they just cannot break at all. So, um, you know, it's fine, but that's why I think they're going to go for somebody who speaks more to the West, probably the UK, since that's that is easily their strongest market. Honestly, I can't even think of anybody, you know, beyond like Herman Hulse and Ted Price as to who you'd be looking for it. Like I, that could just be me in not knowing a lot of these execs, but I, I can't oh, think no. of people that yeah, I don't, I don't grab from <laughs> like from a, the head of a public studio or something like that, like from that. So, I mean, Nintendo went in house. I didn't know who who is Nintendo's. I'm mad. I don't remember. Uh, his what name right now, current Nintendo president. Anybody from Bungie? Oh, I don't think they're going to get somebody from a studio. Uh, yeah, Shutaro Furuka. Um, yeah, he was. I'm just saying, Bungie's a different beast comparatively. Well, what do you mean by that? Like, just they—they they have been more. They've operated independently for so long. They've—they've they've know a lot of the inner workings of a lot of things. Like, you know, been around for a long time. Similar to Ted Price. I'm not saying it's a. I'm not saying it's for sure. I'm just wondering if they would be, if anybody from them would be on a, a short list. I don't know. I, I think a lot of Bungie people want to stay at Bungie. And it's, yeah. it's different from small studios, kind of what I'm getting at. Like this, we're talking more almost near near publishers themselves. Sure, but we are talking about a CEO position. Like this is, yeah. it's, it's about games, but it's not really about games, right? Like. So going from heading a development studio, which is strictly about games, to heading up a PlayStation, all of it, (laughs) Sony Interactive Entertainment, um, 
that that's a different beast to handle. Yeah. Um, I, I feel just, like they need the reason I say that. I'm curious if they want if they're looking for another Phil Spencer though, like someone similar. There's only one Phil Spencer, but if if they'd be looking for someone more similar, why? Because like you said, if you're they're trying not, to hit the U.S., like if that's some of what you're trying to hit, they've already hit the U.S. They're they're fine here. Again, I don't think Xbox is number one in the U.S. The PlayStation is. So why would you need to get a Phil Spencer like when you're already number one? And and again, not number one in the sense of like, let's just ride our coattails. But that's not what got you to number one, right? You had whoever whoever was before Jim Ryan uh, was affable and all that. And then Jim Ryan's a jerk. So, you know, like he has that appearance and you're still number one. So what, what is I just looked I just looked up video game CEOs and I'm I'm about to die. I I hear uh Bobby Connick's coming free. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was gonna mention his name and I was like, ah, Oh I'll Lord, that's stay funny. Away from, stay away from Bobby. <laughs> That, that killed me. I, I just wasn't thinking of that. And then I it, he was a first name that popped up when I looked. I was like, oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. No, stay I away mean, from that. I stay think it would be one. a really funny joke if, like, April 1st, you know, they walk into the office and... Bill Spencer. It's, no, it's literally, uh, those of you who have watched The Office, it's the actor who played Asian Jim. <laughs> it's just sitting there. I haven't seen it. I didn't watch The Office. Yeah, you see, if you watch The Office, you'd, you'd get the joke. He's just and he's like, yeah, "Hey, I, 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 I never get said what I was you're saying. Yeah. I get what you're saying." Okay, laugh for him because I'm not laughing. No. <laughs> <laughs> I needed that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know enough CEOs, and I have found that when CEOs are hired, it's not somebody like, "Oh, look, Tim Schafer's the new CEO of you know, like whatever." It's, yeah. it's like no like these these people tend to stay in the zone that they that they excel in and uh, these these positions typically are like business like business people um why that do Jim happen did to, so well oh yeah absolutely uh, he's a businessman of businessmans i um i do like david's uh mention of kojima because if you were curious about what PlayStation's releasing next year, imagine if Kojima was in charge. <laughs> <laughs> he brings you the have. X Factor. Bam, we oh, had yeah. a state of play literally every month. I still don't know what they're coming out with. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like Kojima to make that more clear for you, except it's not. Like just more questions. There's, yeah, there's no idea what is releasing. <laughs> Yeah, Kojima would be. Uh, I, I every couldn't even like imagine a question what Kojima. Mark. Like every game, you get a question mark for its release date. Like, no, he'd have some like metaphor. Like he'd be like, "I'm going to get a film crew, and I'm going to do some CGI stuff, and we're going to do a metaphor for the games that we're going to release, and it's going to be like chips falling from the sky, like I don't know, earthworms, like driving cars, and like it's just all kinds of like weird, stupid. Stuff. And you're just going to be like, Whoa. See, they need to go. What was this? They need to go just get Joseph Ferris. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to release some <laughs> games, guys. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <man. laughs> 2023 is going to be. 
Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> we wish Jim Ryan all the best. He did yes. a good job. I enjoyed his uh, extremely serious presentation of the PlayStation 5 when that first came out. That was my most memorable moment of Jim Ryan's career for me. Uh, he he just well wasn't a camera thing. guy, and that's fine, because not every single CEO needs to be a camera guy. No, I agree. I was still intrigued. Yep. Oh, yeah. I still watch that mess. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, uh, yeah, that'll do it. Thanks for Woo. watching. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week. Deuces.